0: Welcome one and all to Umami Manga. I'm one of your hosts, Petter, and with me I got my co-host, James. How's it going? And in today's episode, we're talking about volume one of the To Your Eternity Manga. We're starting this new series. The anime of this is recently started running. Uh, I think it's it's still running. It's going to be 20 episodes all in all. Uh, But James and I are going to only be talking about the manga. James has never read the manga before. Well, I mean, he's read the first book for this (laughs) discussion. But he's going into it blind. I have read the first 12 volumes, so I I know the story up to that point, but uh, as with our Kaguya-sama discussions, I have, you know, I'm taking a break there, so I will, when we get up there, I will be just as unspoiled as James, and that's when I'll continue reading the story along with the podcast as well. And also, I guess, I, I will also give a guarantee that I will not spoil anything for any future books, obviously, throughout this discussion, even though I do know some things. So I do guarantee that. And in the discussion, we're going to be talking about the characters, uh, similarly to as we do how we do it in the Kage Osama discussions. Um, and if some other kind of discussion pop up, I guess we can add to that too. But at least at the base, we're going to be talking about the characters. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, this is the first time we're talking about this series. So I guess we'll we'll find out what works kind of, I think, as we go.
1: Before we keep going, do you mind if I <laughs> ask what made you want to start reading this series for this or doing this as a podcast
0: Ooh ah yeah that's a good question (laughs) i discovered this manga i think a bit i think it was in spring last year was when i started reading it and it it was because i was a big fan of yoshitoki oima's other manga called a silent voice which is far more well known largely thanks to the movie adaptation that, that it got in 2016 but yeah, I was curious what uh, other things she had done. So I started reading this manga back then, last year. And I was very quickly just really brought into it. And like be- I became a huge fan of it very quickly. Like By volume three and four, I was like totally... like it-, it had become one of my top three favorite manga series ever. Nice. And so I guess the thought was always there ever since last fall or last winter or whenever you know when we started umami manga back in december the thought was kind of always there in the back of my head obviously we started with Sama then to talk about that but basically since then i also had like sort of a long-term thought um that it would be nice to talk about this one after we catch up with Sama, which we are doing now Mm -hmm. but it really is because I, i do love it so much it's easily in my top three manga series ever and also and i think this is good for both you and i Now that Attack on Titan is over, it's nice to have another fantasy epic. That's fair. To have that kind of distract us for a while. (laughs) So yeah, that's basically uh, those reasons why I wanted to cover this. It is one of the most beautiful stories I have ever experienced, and also one of the most unique.
1: That's what I wanted to hear.
0: Sweet. (laughs) Yes. So let's start talking about Fushi, the main character. Mm -hmm. He is immortal. His origins are a bit unknown or a bit of a mystery. He he was somehow brought to, to the earth as a as a sphere or an orb kind of thing, which, you know, he became a rock, then he became moss, then he became a wolf, and ultimately he became a human boy. And we we learned that Fuji needs some form of stimuli in order to obtain a new form like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we might learn more about what that means as we move forward. But I, I just thought that was like some interesting kind of lore th- bits, which obviously is very basic at this point, but it's still like an interesting start, I think. And yeah, I, I've always been a sucker for like shapeshifters and stuff like that in, oh. in fiction. <laughs> uh, I mean, Attack on Titan is one of those things, but obviously. But, yeah, fair. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and obviously it's not like, it's never like the main selling point for me, but it's always something I really enjoy.
1: <laughs> mm. For me, Fushi is like watching a blank slate gain a character or gain like a personality. I mean, granted uh, yeah. I've only read four chapters, just the chapters that are in this volume, mm. but you can, it feels like that's going to be where at least part of the story goes is you see Fushi, uh, kind of become and gain his consciousness and potentially humanity. I mean, I'm not sure how he'll identify himself, but right. it is interesting. You do see that growth as he learns even the most minute things of eating yeah. or uh, talking. I mean, talking is not very minute, but still it's it's oppressive to see mm. that, or not oppressive, it's interesting to see that, progression take place and one it kind of made me think about the things i take for granted that are just common knowledge but yeah. for this object lack of a better word yeah uh you know it it's entirely new so it's fascinating that uh, to get that kind of insight on it
0: really yeah because in in this book we see him learn uh things from the boy in the first chapter and from march the, the those are kind of well, the mm-hmm. the two characters that he interacts with the most in this, in this book, and he definitely like it, it's from them he learns the things you know as you said like eating, uh, right, a little bit of talking, <laughs> uh, and stuff like that. It's it is definitely fascinating to follow along with I think, and and to see like to what extent is this gonna go you know right it really is as you said a blank slate it could go mm-hmm. any direction kind of
1: <laughs> right it really can it probably depends on the influences around him as mm-hmm. well but again i don't think it'll be inter- terribly quick just the way that the pacing has gone i, I mean I, m- maybe the writer will, will pick it up as it goes maybe fushi will get quicker but i think that it seems like it'll be somewhat of a slow process um but mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong there
0: i mean i i do really uh, appreciate kind of the at least the way it's depicted in this volume, how,
1: uh-huh. like,
0: kind of the realism kind of behind how fast he learns these things and how he reacts to these things. Like, for someone who knows nothing about the world, of course, eating should be a kind of a new weird thing. Like, it, w- <laughs> yeah, when you think yeah. about it, of course, of course. <laughs> so I think that's really interesting. And, and talking, too, because I feel like in so many other fictional works... If there's like some alien or other type of like non-earthly life form that comes into our society, it's able to like start learning our language like super easily, super quickly. Hmm. Uh in, in in a lot of different uh works. But here it's like really it really like f- he can't speak for this whole volume. Like, yeah, he says he says thank you in a weird <laughs> little goofy way at the end. But uh yeah. it's like it's so slowly and it it's logical i think it, it makes sense that this is the pace that he's learning
1: right and well and even with the food like we were saying it's mm. it felt like the pain in stomach or whatever but it didn't realize it had to eat in order to right fulfill that need i, I guess it eventually did learn that mm-hmm. um but anyway it's just yeah it's really really cool to see it that way yeah
0: definitely yeah and something else that i that i thought of regarding well, when he fights the bear, mm-hmm. we learn that he's able to transform seemingly at will between the various forms that he has attained.
1: Which is really cool.
0: Yeah, right. For sure. And so I was wondering, so it was when he first turned into a wolf the first time that he gained consciousness. And so I wondered, or kind of what do you think, if he would transform Back into like the moss or the rock, like his two first Mm. forms, like but that don't have consciousness. What what would happen then?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. I I did think about that. What would be the well one? What would be the benefits of him transforming into those other than maybe stealth? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But
0: like, I wonder, like, would he lose his consciousness and not be able to Mm. turn back? Like,
1: I'm not sure. That's a good question. That may yeah that could potentially be point of no return if you do that mm. but then again this is kind of a strange substance anyway
0: oh yeah absolutely
1: so for sure <laughs> maybe maybe it could still t- uh, retain some sort of consciousness during that whole hmm. thing
0: maybe yeah because taking into account like a wolf and a human obviously don't have the same mental capacities but he doesn't seem affected right. by that when he shifts back like back and forth between Those forms,
1: you know. I mean, he's able to say thank you as a wolf, which is exactly (laughs) probably not normal. I mean, people think their dog (laughs) is saying, like, thank you or mama or something like that. They're not. They're not. You're fooling yourself. Right. (laughs) Actually, about that, I while we were going through this, I forget at what point I I thought this, but it it may have been when he transformed into the boy. But I thought, oh, that would be cool if he could go between – forms like wolf and a boy. I think actually I think it was the next chapter when he was when he kept dying. I right. thought, Oh, you know, that'd be cool if he could transform into a wolf and go back, ah oh, nah, that's that's too <laughs> he, like uh superpowery. Like that's that's probably not this kind of a story. And then it happened, I was like, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have doubted myself. Uh, so but I, I think it's a it's a nice twist to it all. Yeah. And just yeah, it creates even more questions about Pushy. Mm-hmm. my my uh question probably my biggest question is more about like the future with him mm. it's not necessarily a prediction because i don't i don't have an answer it right. what what is his goal going to be the narrator basically says well along the lines of he's experiencing life um mm. going through that or you know just
0: kind of see the world
1: see yeah. the world kind of thing but once he gains this consciousness, if he does, is he going to want to seek out his creator? Is he going to want to fulfill some sort of purpose? I mean, what's what's the end goal for him, you know? Yeah, right, right. Or what's the end goal of the story, you know? Exactly. Is, it, is, there, is there a point where, you know, he's like, I'm done, all right, t- take me back, or is it just going to be him, Is immortal, he goes through human society to kind of modern day-ish so i mm. i don't know
0: right yeah it's, it's interesting in that way because yeah definitely the story doesn't have like a distinct premise really uh, or like mm-hmm. like goal as he said like right. definitely um and i think usually i i don't usually i'm not super into stories like that um but i don't know man it's something special about this one <laughs> uh mm-hmm. It's. I guess it's part, partially, or maybe largely, the mystery aspect of it. Like we don't. Like there's so much we don't know about Fuji. and like, par, like both in regards to his past and in regards to his future. Like, we we don't know how he was brought to to the world, or where he came from. We don't know mm-hmm. the extents of his abilities potentially. That's true. It's it's just r- really interesting blank slate character that i i'm yeah i love him <laughs> or i love it i guess <laughs> i don't know it's just yeah the, the, the fact that he takes the form of a boy it makes it easier yeah. to say him for him like i, I think right. they usually just kind of default to that um and i don't think there's anything wrong with that but yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: anyway um anything more on fushi
1: you know i think i'm good it, it, the mm. story is just starting out right so it's hard for me to know exactly what i think of them or yeah you know where the story is going but i think for the most part we've covered everything that i was thinking
0: right yeah exactly and, and even though fushi is the like the protagonist of the story and especially at least in this first volume he really doesn't have that much of a character yet you know he hasn't really developed a personality or anything like that really right so let's move on and talk about the boy with no name and who is really only in the first chapter of this volume, his people left him with the elderly in his village in the snow uh, to find a new, better place to live. And he's been waiting for them, or he had been waiting for them for five years, And he, but he still stayed positive about it, which was, I think, very yeah. admirable and very like strong of him. Mm-hmm. Like, alone there for five years, like, damn, that's rough. And he dreams of seeing the world... Uh, meeting mm-hmm. new people feeling new things and i think in some way that may have rubbed off on fushi potentially at least at least the fruit thing because <laughs> he, he mentioned sweet fruits when they were out in the snow <laughs> and True. you know he didn't know what that was but he was so curious about it and you know lo and behold when, when fushi finds that sweet fruit he he freaking loves
1: it <laughs> yeah. you know I I don't think it stops at the fruit. I think it continues no. on to his will. Mm. I don't know how it would have translated exactly because I'm not sure if Fushi would have been able to understand the boy when when he was just a wolf. But maybe he maybe some sort of connection happens when Fushi transforms into that person. I'm not sure. I mean, we do know at least it's implied that the boy's spirit does go on or. Pass mm-hmm. On to the next life, or whatever sort of afterlife they have in this. So it's not necessarily with Fushi, but may- maybe there was some sort of will that was passed on to, you know, journey forward. And I think Fushi's journey in chapter two shows that the boy and his village's desire to leave that area and find that, lack of a better word, paradise mm-hmm. uh, was. N- nearly impossible right at least um would have taken a lot longer than they expected
0: for sure and he also or at least presumably uh fushi did travel the same direction that he and the boy had been traveling uh, since he did reach the mountains eventually Mm -hmm. uh, which is i think also another thing to support that
1: it's just a sad story Mm -hmm. you know this boy is so positive and thinking on the bright side of things and he's all alone and he kind of dies alone. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a sad, sad story, but I, I think it helps that he had that, that attitude, um, kind of makes, at least it made me feel, well, made me feel sympathetic to him and mm. his situation.
0: Yeah. But, but I, I do feel like the further you, we get into the first chapter, uh, the like, more and more we were able to kind of see through the boy's fa- positive facade in, in a way, uh, or because I, I I wonder if he is actually feeling as positive as as he comes across, or if he just kind of has that facade to kind of hide his uh, mm. sadness and his struggles as some kind of coping mechanism, perhaps.
1: Ooh, yeah, I think that's definitely what it is. I don't necessarily mm. think he's completely blind to yeah what's happening but instead of complain or curse his situation he decides to cope with thinking on the positive side which yeah probably very difficult i know i i would struggle with that big time
0: oh yeah dude yeah it's so admirable like the attitude he has and he is able to like keep up for that long and like yeah and as you said like instead of complaining because there was one point when he was like, sort of, he wasn't complaining, but it was like, uh-huh. I think if he had had another kind of mindset, it would have come across as complaining when he was talking about, oh, I, I can't wait till we get to the mountains where we can eat other types of food. That was basically him complaining about the food they or th- that he had there, you know, although he didn't express it in that kind of way. You know, he just, he was able to express it in a more positive manner, sort of. Um, and like, it, it's because of that attitude of his. But yeah, then I, I think, it, you know, it's the point after he, you know, when he falls into the freezing water, that's kind of when it starts going downhill. Yeah. And uh, although for him, like, he doesn't even give up hope there. Like, he, I think, gives up hope when he finds out that, you know, most of the people or probably all of the people that left the village had died. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, when he loses hope. Um. And when he starts crying there, damn, that that was such a powerful scene, I think.
1: Agreed. It makes me wonder why these people were in this frozen wasteland to begin with. I guess it just got worse as time went on, and mm. they needed to find somewhere else. But why were they so far away from easier climate and other people? Like, yeah. Like I, I wonder if there is some sort of banishment or separation that happened. But but maybe, maybe this this tribe just settled there and never never left, even though conditions got worse weather-wise? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine whenever those people did start living there, it it was probably better conditions, I imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it must have been. Yeah. Um, or unless, as you said, some kind of banishment type of thing. Although, I I'd probably choose to believe that they settled there at, during a period when it wasn't that bad,
1: uh, Yeah. I imagine. So why did it get that bad? Like, is it just, just the nature's climate changing, or is does it have something to do with like yokai spirit kind of thing? Like with you know, you had the, we had the bear that I know jumping way forward, but the bear, Mm. uh, Oniguma, whatever his name was, yeah, uh, that was def that doesn't look like a natural beast. It Looks like almost like a yokai. Right. for sure. (laughs) do some of these yokai have a ability to affect the weather or something? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just putting out, putting out things at this point, even though the, we're supposed to save the predictions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, I mean, if it fits like in the discussion, like by all means, uh, I, I think it's always interesting to hear, hear like little predictions and the uh, speculations and stuff like that. Um mm. And I, I, I do still like if it's, if it's not, Related to some kind of supernatural thing. I still think it makes sense because I do think that people, obviously not everyone, but I do think a lot of people kind of have, I mean, they have a connection to their home, their home community, their town Mm -hmm. where they, they want to stay. They like, they, they don't want to move away. Right. uh, You know, a, a lot of people. And so I think even if climate was changing slowly from a warmer climate to a colder climate i still think it's it makes sense for people to stay there i mean ultimately they didn't uh or at least everyone except for the boy and the elderly but
1: yeah. but you know eventually got to a point where they they could they realized they couldn't stay there yeah so they had to they had to leave
0: mm-hmm. right
1: it just makes me wonder why they thought it was mu- i guess they just misjudged how close the better place would have been yeah where the, where the mountains were
0: Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I read this uh chapter up until the point where we saw that they had all died uh like a couple of days' travel away up until that point I was under the assumption that they had all reached better lands where they were just living happily and just had just it what well, just ignored their you know you know the, the boy that Oof. they left back home like th- that was the assumption I was under until I got to that point, which, which is way crueler than it probably was. I mean, it was a cruel. They, they, all, everyone, everyone died in, in in the end. So it's still very cruel. But, but yeah, um, I'm I'm sort of glad that wasn't the case at least.
1: Right. I mean, it's really sad, and that that's mm. what I got out of it is that they all died. But you do bring mm. a good point, or at least your previous self, <laughs> brought a good point <laughs> that maybe it could could it be that some people potentially made it out somehow then again there was that x on the on the arrow so maybe not
0: yeah but like i think it's definitely a possibility though um Mm -hmm. because we don't know how many people left the village
1: oh what if someone recognized him oh that would be so interesting Uh, someone recognizes him out in the (laughs) world, not the real world but you know out there in society
0: definitely yeah yeah right because we right definitely possible cuz i mean there were a bunch of like graves gravestones there mm-hmm. so it it could have could have been everyone but i mean yeah we, we don't know
1: maybe it's a red herring right kind of like you know to make you think it was everybody but maybe some people did actually right make it out but at the cost of everyone else dying which would have been, which is still really sad
0: yeah yeah definitely I mean, although I, yeah i still think that could be pretty interesting though the last thing i have on the boy is that he he drew all the faces of everyone in the village on the wall in his house, <sighs> yeah. and he did that in order to not forget about them. Uh, and right before he dies, he asks Fushi to remember him forever. And I, well, I, I think it seems like Fushi, thanks to having his ability to take his form, he he does that. He will do that. He will remember him forever. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He will carry him with him along with the wolf. Uh, in in a similar way to the boy had had the paintings on the wall, which I think I think is a nice little
1: oh, that's a good comparison.
0: Yeah, I think that's beautiful.
1: Yeah, that's very sweet.
0: Yeah, anything more on the boy?
1: Nope.
0: I do think it's a little bit like a bit of a shame that the boy doesn't get a name. Like even the wolf has a name, <laughs> but the boy doesn't.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was kind of hoping. To do- when I was rereading it that I missed the name somehow, because he kept ah. calling the wolf's name, right And I was like, oh, may- maybe at one point he calls himself silly for that, but <laughs> it's not very often where I use my own name when I'm addressing myself so.: it's...
0: Right, Yeah, exactly, unless you yeah. t- talk about yourself in third person. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not some uh, but... anime
1: girl trope. Come on. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah Very well. Uh, moving on to March.
1: What a funny name!
0: Yeah, uh, in Japanese, because I I looked on the To Your Eternity wiki where they have like the names uh-huh. spelt in like Romanji as they are written in Japanese. Uh, it's Machi. Oh, Machi in Japanese, which maybe literally does mean March. Like, I mean, I I, I don't mean that it means the month March. I I, I mean like uh-huh. like maybe that's what they call like the for example the Roman God of War, March, like maybe that's what they call him in J- in Japan.
1: Yeah, maybe. maybe it could be that to, in the translation process they asked the translators to spell it like this. That right. sometimes happens.
0: Mm-mm. But anyway, March. <laughs> uh, the first we see of her, she's uh, pretending to be a mother to her hungry kids, oh. and <laughs> which is super sweet, first of all. But um, I-, I thought that was interesting because you know we. We know that she lives in a rather primitive and probably quite poor village, you know, in the mountains or in the forest or, you know. Uh, and so it makes sense that she pl- she, she plays that, those sorts of games where, you know, she, she lives in a place where probably a lot of people are going hungry a lot of the times. Uh, so she just kind of plays a, about what she knows, about what she usually sees, you know, hungry kids. Hmm.
1: Um, I didn't think about that.
0: I don't know if i did, did dug too too much into that but i i, I that's how I kind of <laughs> tried to read that but yeah anyway she we learned that she her, her big dream is to grow up and become a mother um but then she is chosen as an offering to the ono uh, oniguma bear uh and thus she's doomed to die before she gets to grow up so sad
1: so sad i think yeah the the whole her playing with the their dolls and you know uh, pretending to be the mom is kind of just a comparison to her potentially mm-hmm. not being able to grow up. Although right. the very least she was able to make it out alive in this volume, so that's nice.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely very, very nice. I thought it was also really sad, you know, when after she ran away and she had the nightmare. Um, oh yeah. The night, which which you know, when she woke up from that nightmare, she kind of felt like she had to be the sacrifice, like. And, like, she had to do it for the others, which is awful, you know. I mean, it's an awful situation. It's noble of her, I suppose, but it's still, like, she should not have to be in that situation, which makes it really sad. And also Mm -hmm. seeing the sadness and despair of her parents was also heartbreaking.
1: I don't blame her parents for kind of going along with it, because that's their custom, and I'm sure there would have been a lot of backlash but at the same time, I don't know. I wish I wish they could have done something. Mm, it's I'm, it's a hard it's a hard situation to be in, you know, like yeah. especially at that time in history. Um, For sure. I mean, I, I don't doubt this is exactly like Earth, obviously, but there's definitely some similarities to our own history. Yeah,
0: right. Exactly. It is. It is a fictional world, but definitely inspired by our world. Uh-huh. Right
1: and and you mentioned that dream that that march had i mean talk about a guilt trip and right. not just that dream but just what people were telling her that if you run away then we'll just grab another girl or mm. you know another the, the your your sister right and oh gosh like that is just emotionally draining i think definitely and, and yeah it's 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 hard especially for a little girl like her but she has a strong will and a a very a very bright spirit that i you just love mm-hmm. to see and yeah, just so yeah. wholesome so you know i'm i'm glad that she's in her own way tried to fight back or run away and did give in but but also you could tell she 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 had that conflict within her of mm-hmm. you know, trying to decide what the what the right way was but anyway it's yeah yeah, it's really cool to see.
0: Definitely, and like speaking of, kind of that conflict, or well, she she has she has well, I think she has two major conflicts, or sort of like well, one is directly conflict, is what you were talking about, like. How 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 to behave or how to react to this? How to, like what to do? Like to go along with it for the sake of the others, or to try to escape to save myself? Like, that conflict. And also kind of her struggle, or, well, her dream, really. But it becomes a struggle because of her potential death uh, of becoming a grown-up. You know, she wants to become a grown-up, but she won't be able to do that if she if she's going to die as a kid. And mm. so, one of the first things that she does after she runs away from Hayase is that she washes the ink off her face uh, that marks her as a child in her culture. Which I thought was an interesting little kind of just, I guess, symbolizing her... Trying to be more of an adult, kind of. Uh, which, you know, her dad tried to tell her to be more... Like, to act more like an adult and stuff like that. So I I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And she is the one to give Fushi his name. After the Japanese word for immortal. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fushimi, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. At least... I, I don't know if you get those pages also on Crunchyroll. Uh, like, little extra pages with like, little information
1: stuff oh i don't know
0: okay because if, if it wasn't for that extra page in the volume like in the physical book that i got uh, i wouldn't know fushimi is the word for immortal so uh, yeah but you you probably knew that already <laughs> yeah i mean uh,
1: there's a few words for immortal
0: but... right right but i guess that's one of them anyway
1: mm-hmm.
0: um but but yeah that's that's nice it, it, it really is like you know the way that a kid would name someone <laughs> uh which i think is sweet yeah uh, and, and, you know, as we said earlier, she starts teaching him just how to speak a little bit and, and she teaches him manners, um, uh, as well, or at least to, to a degree, um, with the, you know, hold the fruits in, in your hand when you eat them. <laughs> like, uh, and in a sense with that in mind, she does in a way become a mother to him, which I think is pretty beautiful.
1: Yeah. That's it. She's, she's the best mom, right? right yeah
0: <laughs> easily <laughs> I think i re- i retweeted something for Mother's Day recently on uh with 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 March in it like, <laughs> uh so yeah, I love that
1: <laughs> yeah i I hope in the future that she's able to escape any sort of sacrifice thing or any 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 sort of that garbage, mm-hmm. especially with the the bear dead now supposedly like it that should be a thing in the past, right, although it does seem like either way they can't go back to their home Yeah. uh, or at least March can't go back to her home. So I don't know because if the bear was dead and that solved the problem, then she should just be able to go back and say, guys, there's no need for the sacrifices anymore. Yeah, Uh, exactly. The fact that she can't might mean there's more to it than just Mm. pleasing some bear God. Right. Um, yeah yeah man clearly there's more to it um but i just hope that nothing happens to march or what's her name um perona
0: yeah definitely so i do you want to
1: move on to perona now sure she's very cute i like perona
0: yeah i love her <laughs> she's awesome <laughs> uh she's so, she's so sweet with march too like yeah man like she makes her plushies and plays with her and like mm-hmm. uh so so sweet and she practices archery. She's not that good at it, but she she she's got like the support of the whole village, which was awesome <laughs> yeah. to see. Like everyone's like rooting for her. <laughs> I love it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, her sisterly bond with March is very wholesome, mm-hmm. and it makes me wonder why she's grown so attached to March, other than the fact that March is just a, a adorable cinnamon bun. Right. I I think <laughs> it's. Well, I wonder if it has something to do with her own family, because we don't really see Perona's family, because right. I don't r- recall. Yeah. So I wonder if she's either lost her family, maybe she had a sister that was sacrificed, maybe she's just uh, separated from her family. Maybe she's not even from the village. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just find it interesting that she has this desire to be close to March. Um, yeah. But I guess, you know, who can blame her? Cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. uh But no, I I do think you bring up some interesting points there, especially since we we don't know anything about her family situation and her kind of past, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, th- I think there could be some interesting stuff there pot- potentially. And it was also really cool to see like how even before the ritual, like even before Hayase and her people came to the village, you know, Perona knew what was going to happen. So she tried to True. lead 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 March away and try to pr- protect her even from the beginning. Yeah, um, which obviously didn't go any like go anywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. But then she did try to she you know she she came to to her rescue again when they were taking March away. Which even though she didn't like directly rescue her necessarily there, mm-hmm. uh, I if it, if she hadn't intervened, I don't think any of that would have happened. You know, March wouldn't have been able to run away at all in the first because it was mm-hmm. that distraction that allowed March to run away and meet Fushi.
1: And also, she wouldn't have been able to lead Fushi to the bear in order to fight it. So, yeah, I, I think even if Perona had got there, if Fushi wasn't there to begin with, then hmm. it wouldn't have worked out. So, yeah, she her, her whole thing was definitely imp- important. And I love how her ability to escape the way she did was really clever. So yeah. she has resourcefulness that I really like. And mm-hmm. she just got an incredibly strong will, or at least a strong mindset. And I and I appreciate that in a character.
0: Absolutely. I feel like all of the characters, all of these characters, Perona, March, and the boy, all have that really strong will. And, you know. That's fair. Uh, we know the boy and March have very distinct dreams. Yeah. You know, March with her be- becoming an, an adult and a mother. And the boy with wanting to see the world, experience new things. And, like, I, I, lo- I love how, how how Yoshitoki Oima really makes us care about these characters in such a strong way through their dreams, kind of. Uh, obviously, we don't know, as we said earlier, we don't know as much about Perona as we know about the boy and March, at least through, the, through this volume. But it would be interesting to to kind of get that same depth for Perona as well, because she is very lovable, I think, as a character.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I expect we will. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it would be a waste of potential if we don't Right. get more depth into her. Definitely. Anything more on her? Nope.
0: All right, then let's move on to Hayase, the sort of villain.
1: Yeah. Well, she seems like a character that will get a change of heart eventually or will, will join, quote unquote, their side. You know, kind mm. of a... uh Vegeta is not a good... <laughs> example, but Vegeta's like the like the big one you always think of like right. villain turned good guy, um, uh-huh. but it's not that because it's not so much she's a villain she's just an antagonist at this point, mm. but I think that eventually she, unless I'm just reading the cards wrong, she will be more on be more of a protagonist. That would be cool. What I like about or what's interesting about Hayase and even uh, compared to March Village. And her people. Hayase is definitely Japanese-inspired. Even her name mm-hmm. is sounds Japanese. Yeah. Whereas March doesn't. March, her village, while it, there, there is a bit, maybe some bit of uh, some ancient Japanese culture there, it reminds me a bit of some of the native Japanese people like the Ainus who oh, lived yeah. live up in Hokkaido. So they, they kind of have that vibe going on even though they're in a warmer Mm -hmm. climate this time around right so it's that that comparison between the Japanese people who came from the Asian continent over to Japan and then the native Japanese or the native well yeah native Japanese the native people there um, that sort of um, interaction maybe there there's a symbolism or a mirror to that potentially or that's just the inspiration she got for these people. I don't know. Either mm. way, mm. It's pretty neat.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we, she, she does invite them to... Well, <laughs> invite is maybe the, the wrong word. <laughs> um, she forces them to come with her uh, to Yanome, right? At the end of the volume. She says that if they want to live, they should come with them to Yanome. Yep. So, yes. Uh, that seems to be where they're headed next. So, it's going to be really interesting to see what that area or, that, or yeah. what that country is like.
1: I'm definitely excited to see if it's just another part of the world that just acts differently or if there's some sort of corruption there. I mean, maybe. I I don't know. Um, Right.
0: Because we don't know who Hayase works for exactly. We know that she was was put in charge of making sure the ritual goes through properly. Mm -hmm. But we don't know who put her on that job. Um, So, yeah, I guess maybe we'll find out something like that
1: yeah it's uh, I think she's one of the bigger mysteries hmm. right at least to the imminent story
0: yeah and she seems to take some kind of interest i mean definitely she she seems very interested in fushi, so I guess we'll see what where that leads as well potentially
1: she says something about the works of the gods right
0: i yeah 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 I think so
1: so at the very least the the uh people who live in Yanome are very superstitious potentially. <laughs> well, I think or at the very or maybe hmm. religious. I, well, to, to, I definitely uh,
0: I'm I'm sure they are, but I think the people in March's village are possibly even more religious because it's also implied that the people from Yanome don't actually believe in the Onoguma god that's creature, true. bear the
1: scrub guys are saying that weren't they or something
0: uh yeah exactly exactly um so it's it's only something or seemingly at least the way i interpreted it it seems to just be something they use on these more primitive villages in the mountains to kind of ass- assert their dominance kind control of them. yeah right to control them mm-hmm. turns out
1: there was kind of a monster bear like that after all but so yeah maybe they're not as superstitious as i as i thought I don't know. Then again, but she does mention that whole, the you know the work of the gods. So,
0: mm. I mean, uh, to have to have gods, I think, especially in this time age, kind of.
1: Oh no, no, it, yeah, it's
0: it makes a lot of sense for oh, anyone. It Makes
1: total sense, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: The last thing I have on Hayase was, uh, a relative, <laughs> I guess, a sweet moment. Well, at least as far as it goes with sweetness from her, was when March was being carried up the mountain in, like, the carry thing uh, right before she ran away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hayase seemingly is trying to kind of comfort March by telling her about the freedom and kind of the paradise that comes after death, which I guess is also a religious kind of mindset, uh, speaking of that. But, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was interesting to see the character who is kind of painted as the antagonist or the villain to be kind of sweet with the girl that she's about to kill (laughs) Uh, so yeah
1: (laughs) i think i remember reading that and thinking uh, or wondering how much she herself believed that true um, Hmm. you know was she just saying that to make her feel better or did she actually believe that herself
0: or did she just say it in hopes of making march calmer uh, to make the job easier for her, <laughs> maybe.
1: But yeah, I mean, that, that could be a possibility as well.
0: Mm. Obviously, the first volume, there's a lot of new characters, and we don't, you know, obviously there's, there's much more to learn about them. Uh, do you have anything more on Hayase?
1: Not on Hayase, no.
0: All right, then I only have one more character noted down here, and it's the narrator, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the presumed creator of Fushi
1: and maybe the universe maybe may, may,
0: dude yeah maybe we don't know, don't know. <laughs> it's possible
1: why do they send fushi into the world why, exactly why, you know was it just i mean why do they if they're the creator of the universe why do they do that like i guess I, <laughs> I i guess how are we supposed to understand the 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 mindset of this omniscient being right i don't know
0: yeah yeah that is really interesting
1: we literally see its hand mhm I, yeah i i wonder if if the narrator will play any sort of role going forward yeah i, I don't know
0: yeah obviously i guess there isn't much to say <laughs> i mostly just wanted to point him out it's uh it's really just a voice and a hand at this point <laughs> mm mm-hmm. do you have any other characters that you would like to discuss
1: no that, that's that's all i got
0: yeah yeah exactly there were there weren't many others i mean there was the woman who like the old woman with the nose hair. Who, oh, yeah. Uh, like She's pro- like, She's
1: probably from the... Oh, what is it? Yanome or whatever it's Yonome.
0: called. Yeah, it's called Yanome. Uh,
1: maybe. Well, at first I thought it was a woman. And then you had the whole close-up of her face. I was like, wait, is this a guy? <laughs> but, but it is a woman, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's an old lady.
1: Okay. okay.
0: <laughs> I guess other than the others we talked about, she might be the most prominent. Even though she was really not very prominent. Um, so I guess we got through the main discussion do you have have any other predictions? I mean, I understand if you don't there's there's too much to go on yet and you can <laughs> right, there some, really some, isn't. some things
1: already <laughs> and I've sprinkled some stuff uh-huh um, I'll just say that I think we'll get the Yanome and we'll see more of Hayase's backstory. That'll be the mm. the bulk of volume two, I think.
0: Nice, nice. I'm super excited to get there. Uh, and, uh, well, I, 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 actually, I'm also curious to know kind of what you thought of this first volume of this manga, kind of just in general.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it. And especially talking again, I, I am excited to go into the next volume. It was interesting going through this volume kind of aimlessly... Without much of a a goal in mind because usually when you read a story, you know what's the intention by by the first chapter for the most part it, it isn't very mysterious i mean even in mysteries you you understand what the mystery is it, <laughs> yeah. in this one it's you're still kind of wondering what is the the point or the the plot that's being showed here, and then you mm-hmm. get March and her village and um the, that that story and so then then you finally get some sort of goal in mind okay we got to save march right so true that kind of gives some stability to it i i think what i can say is that i'm generally curious on where this story ends up
0: nice yeah and as am i still like it's such an interesting story like it it really is probably the most unique story that I've ever kind of come across just because of how... Well, it's sort of the, the things you described is like it doesn't have like this clear kind of objective or whatever. And and I, I think also as we get further in, you'll also see even more what, what I mean. But I think even now, I think you can understand that. Um, I also... And, and one of the things I wanted to point out also is that as far as first chapters go across various you know novels, mangas, whatever... This, like the first chapter of To Your Eternity, is probably the strongest chapter one that I've ever read. At hmm. least personally, I I I think it's such a perfect first chapter that just really kind of shows you kind of the tone of the manga going forward in a way. And like, and while it doesn't introduce like characters to a big extent, obviously, it does introduce the main character and it. Well, yeah, it just sets up kind of the, the vibes kind of, mm-hmm. uh, in such a powerful way.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's it's an impactful way to start the story. Oh. Forgive me for for comparing, but uh-huh. I do think that if the chapter one of Attack on Titan is probably one of the better <laughs> um, introductions to a story that's, you know, kind of resonates with uh, the reader for a long time. Uh-huh. But I think this one does a great, great job in that as well because, um, like we were saying, it's, it's emotionally impactful, and mm-hmm. the reader is still kind of wondering what in the world is this, <laughs> thing, and right. it, it, the yeah. story in general. I guess.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But but I, I mean, of of course, I agree as well. You know, Attack on Titan has a fantastic start as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, let let me just say another comparison: the art <laughs> in this. Is so much better.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, compared I, to early Attack on Titan, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Compared to the, I mean, I, just just because I compared one way, I'll compare it the other way. You know, yes. that makes it fair, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no offense, Isayama. Oh yeah. But yeah, no. <laughs> the art. The art in this is fantastic. Oh yes. You know, the environments, and and the shots are all beautifully done. Mm.
0: Um,
1: I can't really? wait to see this animated. To be honest, I think I think it'll be a beautiful ride.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, the anime has done such a fantastic job so far at, at adapting this like not only with like the animations and like just the kind of like purely the quality of it is fantastic, but also like the voice acting, like the performances there and the pacing is also perfect. like they don't go too too fast or too slow like it it's it, it's everything I could have dreamed of for an anime adaptation of this and I I'm so happy and <laughs> I, I think you love it too once you get to it. <laughs> Great. I guess that's it for this discussion of the first volume.
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: Yeah, so if you enjoy this content, you can follow us on Twitter at Umami Manga. If you like this episode, please share it around with anyone you think might enjoy it too. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time when we'll talk about volume two. Bye-bye. See you later. The shortest episode we ever did.
1: (laughs) Yeah.